Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for being here and spending part of your day with me. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here, my friend. Before we get to cruise news, I want to remind you, if you haven't joined Cruise Radio Insider yet on Facebook, come join our group. Just search Cruise Radio Insider or check out the show notes at cruiseradio.net. It's another fun-filled 10 minutes with the cruise editor of TravelPulse.com, Teresa Norton-Massick. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Doug. It's the highlight of my week. Yeah, welcome you. back to the show. Love to have you here. Uh, let's jump right to the cruise news. Norwegian Cruise Line announced some pretty big news this week, so I'm just going to let you start off with that one. Yeah, boy, they announced a lot of new deployments, including a return to Asia for the first time in what will be 15 years. So they're going to send the Norwegian star to all sorts of places, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, South America. It'll operate the first ever visits by Norwegian Cruise Line to India and through the Persian Gulf. This will be in the fall and winter of 2016 and 17. So new far-flung deployments for Norwegian Cruise Line. Hmm. Now, I also uh, understand that Norwegian Epic, it's been in Europe for a little while and she's coming home. Yes, the Norwegian Epic will return to Port Canaveral in November of 2016. And it was to be year-round. It was year-round in, in Europe. And now the Norwegian Spirit will head to Europe to replace the Epic as the year-round European ship. And also, then Norwegian Jade will head to Tampa and fill the spot vacated by Norwegian Star. And that'll be from November of 16 through April of 17. Hmm. And are there hints of Norwegian Cruise Line trying to get into Cuba? Well, there's more than hints. Norwegian parent company, the CEO, Frank Del Rio, had a conference call with financial analysts the other day, and I listened in on it. He says Norwegian has applied for the licenses from the U.S. government to operate to Cuba Hmm. and is in talks with the Cuban government to get whatever approvals they need there. So they're putting their ducks in a row. He thinks... Cuba has the potential to be a huge windfall for the cruise industry. There's tons of pent-up demand, but we'll have to wait and see if they get the licenses. Uh, Frank Del Rio was hoping that they would get it sometime this year. He wasn't sure which ship they would operate there, but said it would likely be an Oceana ship, simply because they're a little smaller than the big Norwegian ships and would better be able to negotiate around the island where there may not be enough infrastructure yet to handle a huge, massive cruise ship at this time. Very interesting. Moving on here, Princess Cruises is debuting The Voice at Sea. They are. A singing competition at sea, which sounds like a lot of fun, especially for people who are fans of that show. I didn't see anything about Adam Levine actually cruising on the love boat, though, did you? I didn't uh, know, or, or Blake Shelton, so I'm sure a lot of ladies will be upset about that because, you know, he's, <laughs> I know. he's really single but now. But they are going to have the rotating red chairs. They're going to have karaoke tryouts, and then they'll assign coaches from the professional singers on staff on the ship. It's for people who are 16 years and older, and it'll be introduced on the Regal Princess in October followed by the Royal Princess and Caribbean Princess in November, and then eight more ships in the first half of 2016. You know, it's always sad to say goodbye to something, but it looks like we may be saying goodbye to Holland America's partnership with Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, we are. It is kind of sad because I sailed on one of those cruises and really had a blast. It was a lot of fun. 
But, you know, this is another one of the reality TV competition shows that are partnering with Cruise Lines. We're seeing so much more of it. You know, there's MasterChef on Holland America. We see Top Chef, um, I believe, on Celebrity. Anyway, Dancing with the Stars has been offered on Holland America ships. But that partnership is coming to an end. There'll be two more cruises with the Dancing with the Stars stars and, and former contestants in January. And those will be on the new Amsterdam out of Fort Lauderdale. So after that, after January, no more Dancing with the Stars at sea on Holland America Line. Another partnership bites the dust. Looks like Celebrity Cruises is doing a different type of excursion in the Caribbean. What's the latest with this? Yeah, they are. Um, Celebrity is doing more overnight stays in ports. And um, we're talking here about the Caribbean. They have more than 40 cruises that will include at least one overnight in the Caribbean starting in January. And this will allow you to get to know these islands in a different way. You know, usually you're sailing away from the islands when the sun sets. Now they're going to stay overnight and let you explore the island at nighttime and do those evening kind of excursions. You know, we're talking stuff like jazz concerts, bonfires, parties on boats that are sailing along the coastline in the evening with live music, a wine tasting at a new winery in Curacao, you know, horse-drawn carriage tours, all sorts of things like that. Sounds kind of cool. You also forgot the strip clubs and brothels. <laughs> Right? No? I didn't see mention of that. <laughs> well, in that case, we'll just move on. Royal Caribbean's earnings call for their second quarter said no more last minute fares or sales. But uh, how legit is this? Because I booked a last minute sale recently. Well, that's what Richard Fain, the CEO of RCCL, said in the earnings call. They announced back in March that they were going to put a stop to the last-minute discounting because it frustrates a lot of their passengers as well as travel agents. But you know what it's like. You don't want to be on a cruise ship and find out, you know, you book your cruise six months in advance and you wanted a certain cabin and, and whatnot, and then you find out the person sitting next to you at dinner booked it at the last minute for half of what you paid. That just makes people angry, understandably so. And so they launched this new policy, and anyway, the other day, Richard Fain said on the earnings call, we're sticking with it. He said, you know, there are, they are losing some business initially because there are people who won't go unless they get a, a very low price. But he says it's important that you stick with this policy to not aggravate your customers and travel agents, but also because you need to build up your brand. You have to have a certain price integrity. You can't go around saying our brand is great and we offer this kind of experience, oh, and you can have it all at half price. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what Richard Fain said. So that's where they're sticking with it for now. You know, but I don't understand that because it's like they're talking out of two sides of their mouth. I say that because three weeks ago I booked a cruise on Royal Caribbean's Majesty of the Seas, and it was during Carnival's 12-hour sale. So, of course, Carnival had super low rates that day, and Royal Caribbean, their rates plummeted from like three ninety a cabin to one ninety nine a cabin, so like two hundred dollars off overnight for twelve hours. And was this last minute? It was, yeah, it was last minute. I I booked it like a week before I sailed. To really evaluate it, I would need to do an in depth study because all sorts of things come into play. You know, when they launch these sales, there's booking deadlines. Sometimes they limit what cruises it's good on. He said the policy eliminates last minute discounting at 10, 20, or 30 days before the departure date. And he said it's been so successful, in fact, they've extended that to 40 days out. But I don't think that's on every single cruise. Yeah. 
So, you know, to really figure out what's going on here, I would have to study it and make sure I'm comparing apples to apples. But, you know, and I've heard other comments that this discounting is still going on. So at the end of the day, cruise pricing is so fluid and, you know, it's all done with the yield management system anyways, that it just takes one disruption to throw cruise pricing off. Yeah, exactly. You know, the yield management systems, it's just like the airlines, you know, two Mm -hmm. seats right next to each other could go for, you know, really different prices. With that said, we've been talking with Teresa Norton-Massick, cruise editor at TravelPulse.com. You can find links to all of these stories at CruiseRadio.net. Teresa, my dear, always a pleasure. Thank you, Doug. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, comments at cruiseradio.net, and we'll get you on and talk about your latest cruise, like Greg. Greg is from Kentucky, and him and his wife, Allison, just returned from a five-night cruise aboard Carnival Sunshine. We actually interviewed Greg and his wife a couple of weeks ago on embarkation day of their cruise on Carnival Sunshine, and Greg is on the line right now. Hello, Greg. Oh, thank you, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. I guess I should say welcome back. So, Greg, let's take a step back and talk to us about your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you decide to sail Carnival Sunshine this go-around? We had been on the Sunshine back in December, right before Christmas, and we really loved the ship. We loved the crew. So we decided we need a relaxing five days. So we decided to book this on a Carnival 12-hour sail. You say a Carnival 12-hour sail. Were you looking at this cruise before the sail? We weren't eyeing anything. We were just eyeing a vacation, and that came up. I found it. My wife, Allison, said, book it. You had to book it. Happy wife, happy life, right? Amen, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So you make your way down to Port Canaveral, and of course, you drove from Kentucky, so that's like a a 15-hour or so drive. Where did you stay pre-cruise? We stayed at the Radisson in Port Canaveral. It was a, a decent hotel. We paid for parking. It was nice. You make your way from the Radisson at the port to the embarkation area of Carnival Sunshine. So how was embarkation for you? Well, luckily, we're platinum members of Carnival. So we sat ourselves in the captain's lounge right by the exit door. Once they gave us a signal to go, we were about the fifth person on the boat. Not a problem. I think it was about a half hour total time in the terminal, straight to the Red Frog Pub. First people in the pub got our free beer. I know you've been on Carnival Sunshine a few times. What were your impressions this go-around? The atrium is one of the most beautiful I've seen 
I've been on 20 cruises, and that is the most beautiful atrium I, of all the ships I've been on. Yeah, it's like the, the centerpiece of the ship there, and like the, a good little social place, too, for cocktails before and after dinner as well. Uh, you make your way to the stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? We booked a guaranteed stateroom this time, and we ended up with a ocean view, deck five, aft, about 10 cabins off of the Alchemy Bar. Okay. We loved the cabin. Nice. It was one of the most roomy cabins we've ever had. I believe it's one of the new ones they added in the refurb. Yeah, it was. When the ship went through the refurb, that, that whole back deck of Deck 5, where it used to be the theater and the piano bar, they leveled that out and put like 110 new staterooms, or it may have been 90 staterooms back there. While you were in the stateroom, did you have plenty of space for you and your wife? Oh, plenty, plenty of storage. Uh, three closets the normal vanity area. There was storage underneath the couch, which we didn't use. Normal size bathroom. Great. Are you and your wife heavy packers? Uh, we each brought a carry-on. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you're uh, you're not heavy packers at all. Very nice. One of my favorite things about Carnival Sunshine is the food because you have all kinds of dining and it's all so awesome. So let's start at the Lido Deck area. I believe it's called the Lido Deck Marketplace and go from there. We love the Lido. It's spread out. So it's not a real crowd in there all the time. They have at least two stations for each, sweets, entrees, salad bars, the pizzas up there, the delis there, uh, the Havana bars in the back with pasta and the Mongolian walk. Love it all. If you start walking forward from the Lido deck, you're going to hit Guy's Burger Joint and the Blue Iguana Cantina. So talk to us about that. Guy's Burgers <laughs> are some of the best burgers, I would say, on land and sea. Mm -hmm. You can dress them up however you want. Lots of bacon on them, of course. The sauce that they use, donkey sauce, some of the best sauce I've ever had. The burritos, you can't get a better breakfast burrito anywhere as far as I'm concerned. There's also Fahrenheit 555, Bonsai Sushi, Cucina del Capitano, and Gigi's Asian Kitchen. Did you get a chance to eat at any of those places? We've never used the steakhouse or the or the sushi. Mm -hmm. On this sailing, we didn't eat any specialty restaurants, but the last time we were on, we loved Gigi's Asian Kitchen and uh, Cucina. Yeah, you can't beat both those venues. Like 15 bucks a person, and you you leave there stuffed. Yeah, we, uh, the times that we ate there, I think we ate on our last cruise twice each time in those two restaurants and <laughs> never ate dessert. You got to love it. Let's talk about the main dining room. What did you think of it and what dining did you have? We had anytime dining. Okay. It runs like clockwork as long as you kind of know what's going on. On the sunshine, you have to check in on deck five right near the taste bar. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go down two floors to the rear dining room. I know Carnival has that pager system for any time dining. How, how was the dining when you went? Was there any like happy medium where you didn't have to wait? We always showed up about 5.30, and we had no problems getting right in for a table for two. Okay. We did see a sign that said that any time dining on the Sunshine starts at 5.15. So it's a little earlier than the other ships we've been on. Interesting. And how was the food in there? The food was excellent. From the prime rib, Chateaubriand, the three lobsters that I had, it was all good. The taste bar is always a nice little appetizer before dinner. Uh, what did you think of the taste bar on Carnival Sunshine? I believe on, on the on our five-night sailing, it was open three nights, mm -hmm. and it had taste of the steakhouse, 
of uh, Cucina and I believe blue iguana. And it was just a small taste, whether it was a meatball or a crostini or a little pot of soup from one of those restaurants. But it was really good. I'm not like a, a pre-appetizer appetizer. See, you like to eat like me. How about the entertainment on Carnival Sunshine? The shows on the Sunshine and the Liquid Lounge are some of the best shows I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. The entertainment team comes right out into the audience and performs, could be standing right next to you. Was there any entertainment around the ship that caught your eye? We did go to probably four comedy shows. There were two comedians. We would did some of the family comedy. We did some of the adult comedy. The venue for the comedy is very small, so you have to get there really early. We also spent some time in Ocean Plaza where there was always a live band every night playing 70s, 80s, disco. One of our favorite bars is the Red Frog Pub, and they've always had, always have a guitar player in there singing tunes. Uh, they have a trivia contest every night, and the winner of the trivia wins a tower of beer, 110 ounces of <laughs> Thirsty Frog Red. Ooh, I'd be in trouble there. One thing that uh, defines a cruise ship is how it behaves during sea days, both inside and out. So talk to us about that, Greg. Sea days, we spent a lot of time, and, and it was one of the reasons we did book this ship, was the serenity area on this ship is a, a three-deck serenity area. And we spent most of our sea day there. I think we spent seven hours out there on deck. It seemed like the flow was really good. We didn't show up until, you know, later in the morning or say mid-morning. And we had no problem getting a chair where we wanted to get a, a lounge chair. Did you notice any of those hated deck chair hogs? I did notice some. But I also noticed that the tendon in the area was tagging the chairs and checking the times on them. And I did see him pick up a few people's things and take it to the towel hut. Okay, so we couldn't talk about sea days or the outside areas without mentioning serenity on Carnival Sunshine. Talk to us about that, Greg. You walk up to, I believe it's deck 10, and there is, it looks like a large hot tub, but it's actually just a pool with a waterfall with fresh water in it. It's always on the kind of on the cold side, but, mm -hmm. you know, when it's 90 degrees outside, you get in and it feels so good. Surrounded by lounge chairs, some have umbrellas. Of course, there's waiters walking around trying to sell you drinks. And, and then you can go up another two floors. There's a hot tub and a bar, and it goes all the way forward to the front of the ship. So there's plenty of room for adults to get away from, say, the noise of the children. On this five-night sailing, you hit Nassau, Freeport, and Half Moon K. We don't get to talk a lot about Half Moon K uh, here on the show, so what were your impressions of the island? It was our first time there, and it will guaranteed not be our last. Uh -huh. It was the most beautiful beach we had ever seen in our lives. We, we got off the ship early, being platinum, we had priority tendering. If you walk farther down the beach past the pirate ship, there was nobody down there. It was one of the quietest beaches we've been to. And we just hung out in the water for a few hours. When it started getting really hot, we went back to the Serenity area. The ship Serenity? Yes. Okay. And that's that's actually a tender port. So the ship anchors there, and you have to tender from Carnival Sunshine to the actual island itself. How long of a tender ride is that, you think, each way? Oh, I would say 10 minutes, maybe. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe a little less. And speaking of Half Moon K, I had a listener question, Greg. You might be able to answer this. They're asking me if you can use your sail and sign card on the island, or do they only take cash? 
Oh, no, they accept the sign-and-sale card. Easy enough. Thank you. Uh, so in closing here, Greg, do you have any been there, done that tips for Carnival Sunshine? Oh, I recommend seeing whatever show you can in the Liquid Lounge. It is a wonderful theater. It's very personable compared to some of the larger ones. That's one thing that we look forward to going on this cruise. And in 10 seconds, give me your final thoughts of Carnival Sunshine. It is one of the most glorious ships we have been on in our 20 cruises. One of the things that we really liked about it is the crew. Mm -hmm. The crew is one of the most friendliest crews we have ever seen or dealt with. Our cabin steward, best we've ever had. We're already booked for another cruise on the Sunshine in November. Nice, nice. Well, that says a lot. We've been talking with Greg from Kentucky. Him and his wife, Allison, just got back from a five-night cruise aboard Carnival Sunshine that went to Freeport, Nassau, and Half Moon K out of Port Canaveral. Greg, thank you so much for sharing the review with us, and have a great evening. All right. Thank you, Doug. You too. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.